The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Welcome back into the Lombardi Line, hour number two with Brady Cannon here live at the South Point Hotel Casino and Spa in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. My partner alongside via Skype from Ocean City, New Jersey, Mr. Michael Lombardi, the star of the show. And it is time to go to the Diamonds, Mr. Baseball. We've got action beginning at 3.05 Pacific, 6.05 p.m. Eastern time between the Philadelphia Phillies and the San Diego Padres. Michael, you and I, we, we got to our Mr. Baseball segment on Thursday, and uh, it both went it went south for both of us. You were on the yeah, Giants. Yeah, I mean, bad day on baseball yesterday. I, I mean, I felt bad. I, I'm sorry. You know, DeGrom let us down. Yep. <laughs> You know, and, and Mr. Ed the Giants, I mean, the Diamondbacks, I mean, who put have predicted that? A huge upset. So, you know, what do you, you like the Phillies and Zach Wheeler today? What are you thinking? I do. Yeah. And, and that is, of course, in our make it make sense segment. I want to get to that one. I do like the Phillies in that game with Wheeler. And, and that's a pretty darn good matchup. I mean, we know how good the Padres pitchers are and Chris Paddock will go for them today, but Wheeler's been outstanding for Philadelphia, so I, I do like Philadelphia in that spot. Wheeler, if you look at the numbers, has really been a better pitcher than uh, than Chris Paddock, and uh, I've also got to play, I mentioned with Wes Reynolds in the last segment, with a couple of big underdogs that I put together in a parlay, but uh, I know you've got to play as well today down in Atlanta. The Atlanta Braves taking on the Miami Marlins, and uh, you're looking to the total rather than the side. 
Yeah, I like the under here. And, you know, typically it's not good to go against the under with Atlanta because their bats usually come heavy. And uh, But I think behind the Mar- Marlins behind Thomas Thompson, who's been a good pitcher, the Marlins over their, the, the year, this year so far, they're 57% of the time the under holds true. Home or away, it doesn't matter. And I think... Thompson is good enough to keep the Atlanta offense in check. And Smiley's not too much of a disaster that, that, you know, he could get, you know, I don't think this is going to be a 9-7 game. I think this is a 4-2 game. So I like the under. I play it down to 8.5 if, if, it, if it starts to move in that direction. Well, yeah, I can't disagree with you. We saw the Braves. We were talking about you and I both liking Jacob deGrom on Thursday, and they got three runs against him in the first inning, and that was pretty much all they needed. They added one in the bottom of the ninth to win that one 4-3. to three. But Atlanta's playing pretty well, and you talk about leaning towards the under in this game. I mean, the pitching for the Miami Marlins is really good. You know, I mean, they've, they're three or four deep as far as that pitching staff. So, And you would think maybe, Michael, that this number would be an eight and a half or an eight rather than a nine. So I think that's probably the side I would be headed towards. You know, and it could be. I mean, Miami scores 11 runs in Philly the other night, you know, and it was the third time they've scored that many runs in the last 10 games. So I'm thinking this number got high because of past performance. I'm not sure that's the case in the sense of their bats are always going to come to life. And I thought nine was too high of a number in this game. Michael, do you have, I like to look about midseason, which we are almost exactly at the midway yeah. point of the baseball season now. I like to pick out two teams from the National League and two teams from the American League and bet them in the futures market to, to win the pennant. Any one or two teams that you have your eye on from either division? You know, I mean, look, it's for me, it's always I'm surprised the Red Sox have played as well as they played. I mean, I know they're a good team. You know, the White Sox, I think you have to take a chance. Who would have thought La Russa would have gone in there and done such a good job with them and how they've been able to handle it? And then, you know, I've always been an Astro fan. I think that they've been somebody that I, you know, they do. And the Brewers, I seem to give them out as a pick all the time as a bet. But do we have the future odds up there? I don't have them. But, I mean, to me, you know, the Giants surprisingly has been able to to have a half a game lead in the West. So, uh, you know, I I do think the Braves, even though they're two games below 500, if they get any kind of pitching to go with that hitting, they could be a dangerous team. No, I think you're right. I think a lot of people are just kind of waiting for the Braves to come around. And and you and I actually land on a few of the same teams there. I have had uh, I have made futures plays on the Giants to win the pennant. They were a little better than six to one, almost plus six fifty. And then a couple of longer shots, I played the Cleveland Indians at 20 to 1. They might even be a little bit richer than that now. But I did get the Brewers at 20 to 1, and that's a pretty good price. They're, I believe, in a lot of stores down under double digits at this point uh, are the Milwaukee Brewers, especially off of that eight game winning streak where they really took a commanding lead in the division over the Chicago Cubs. Want to welcome everybody back into the Lombardi line here on a Friday. Brady Cannon and Michael Lombardi with you on VEASAN and VEASAN.com, the sports 
Betting Network. Talking a little baseball here with Mr. Baseball. And if you missed it, he is on the under today between the Miami Marlins and the Atlanta Braves. I like the Phillies and Zach Wheeler over Chris Paddock and the San Diego Padres. We've got a few more plays later on in the show as we wrap up hour number two here. But, Michael, let's uh, also get to some headlines. And we started yeah. the NFL with the Indianapolis Colts, they've received approval to have full capacity inside their stadium for all home games this year. They're the final team. Now all uh, now all NFL teams have approval to have their home games at full capacity and such. And I think this brings up an interesting question from a betting perspective. Of course, last year we basically had no fans in the stadiums. And this year we're going to, as I say, have full capacity you, you wonder if it affects the home field advantage number in your handicap. And, and if, you, if, you go to, go if you go to an odds maker, we talk to Vinny Malayulo all the time. Vinny will tell you certain stadiums you might tack on a point and a half. Other stadiums that have a really big home field advantage like a New Orleans or a Seattle, you might give them three or even three and a half points. I wonder if these fans are so rabid, so excited to get back to a football game this year, are you going to see maybe a more electric stadium than maybe we did in 2019? I, you might, and I think that the conditions are going to be in the favor of those teams, particularly like Seattle, who create enormous amounts of noise and makes it so hard for the opponent to run the football. Indianapolis, I think, gains a huge advantage. If you want to go into Indianapolis with that crowd really rived up, and try to run the football early in the game, that's going to be hard. I mean, Seattle, you know, Seattle has an advantage with them. Now, look, do I think the Rams and SoFi Stadium is going to be a tough place to play with, you know, with, with capacity? No, I don't. Do I think Miami's a hard place to play? Not really. The heat's more of a factor there. So you've got to weigh in all these. But I do think we will get to a return a home field, and it's not just three points across the board for every team. I think it's going to come down to each team, crowd noise, and weather. And maybe this is a bet that you make the first couple, three weeks of the season. You bet on those teams that are at home that have that distinct advantage. Green Bay is a very good home field advantage. Kansas City, we talked about New Orleans, Seattle. But eventually it's going to settle in and you're probably going to get a normal home field advantage setting. But you wonder if when these fans get to go back to games for the first couple of weeks, they're going to be pretty riled up. Yeah, they are going to be. And I mean, you know, and look, it's hard to play in Kansas City. You know, it's hard to play there just before COVID, you know, just a typical game. And last year, you know, we saw Carolina go in there and, and miss a 60-some yard field goal or else could have won the game. One more first down, they win it. And, and, you know, would that have happened this year? Probably not with the crowd noise. I mean, it's hard. What fans don't understand, the number one thing in the offense holds over the defense is the snap count. And when you don't have that advantage, when you lose that because you've got to go silent count or you've got to go where you're basically, you know, you, your, your tackles can't hear or you want to run a, a strong check with me offense and people miscommunicate or they don't hear the call or they don't get the rip call, don't get the Liz call, and all of a sudden they go the wrong way. I mean, you know, you go back to the tuck game. You know, we got a third, we have a, a second and two in the tuck game, and we call it just a classic play that we've run a thousand times. It was third and two, excuse me. A third, we run it a thousand times, and we, and Zach Crockett would get first downs every time, and Frank Middleton, the guard, heard the wrong call because of the crowd noise or the whatever it was. We don't get the first down, we punt. I mean, those are things you don't know, you can't find in the box score. 
All right, but Mike. that's the effect of the game. I think that's a great point you made about the snap count, and I never thought of that. Uh, a distinct advantage that the offense has, and it'll be changed this year with fans in the stadium. Uh, let's get back to our look at the NFC East. In the first hour, we took a look at the Dallas Cowboys and the New York Giants. We'll focus here on the rest of the division, the Washington football team and the Philadelphia Eagles. And I'll start with Washington. Michael, one of the things I liked best about this team was when they paired Jack Del Rio and Ron Rivera on that coaching staff. Both former linebackers out of the Pac-12, both former coaches in the AFC West. I thought like they had a good history together, and they would make for a really good setup along that sideline in Washington. And I think so far, so good. You look at uh, what they've done since then. They brought in Ryan Fitzpatrick as their quarterback this year. Really a mixed bag in the draft with both offensive and defensive players. Do you expect improvement or regression out of the Washington football team this coming season? Well, I definitely expect improvement. I mean, let's just go back and look at their season a little bit. They go out to Los Angeles. They play Los Angeles at home and get blown out. 30 to 10. Then they go up to New York and they lose on a turnover in New York and they lose 20 to 19. They go and they get Dallas at home and their defense dominates. Remember, that was the game Andy Dalton got injured in early in the game. And then they, they have the Giants, right, lose that game. They go to Detroit. You know, by this time, Patricia's already fired, so they've got the interim coach. They lose to New York and Detroit. Then they go on this win streak, four-game win streak, and then they come back and they can't beat Seattle at home and they can't beat Carolina. And literally, they limp into the playoffs because the Eagles retreated. I mean, the Eagles retreated in the last game of the year. That's the only way they get in. This is a 6-10 and team, really, is what it is. Now, I know they play Tampa well in the first round of the playoffs, but let's just be real clear. They're 6-10. and with that being said, I think that's why the number is so low. They're a 6-10 team because that last game of the year with the Eagles was one that they shouldn't have won. They were not going to win that game. So I think that the number that they're over at 8.5, or 8, excuse me, is predicated on that would be a two-game improvement from a year ago. I do think they are improved. I think the additions that they've made to their football team in the sense of being able to bring in you know, a, 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 a defensive uh, another defensive player with speed, especially at the linebacker position, in terms of what they were able to do in the draft. So they get a really fast middle linebacker, something that I thought they really needed. That will certainly help them. They sign one of the best corners in, 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 the, in, the, in the free agent in William Jackson. They're able to get him. So they get a big corner to match up on some of these receivers. So they got Jamin Davis. They got William Jackson. They improved two players there. And then offensively, their hopes and really their hopes align with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Is he going to be able to protect the football? Because the first order of business, if you're a Washington football fan, is we got to avoid losing before we win the game. And when you analyze that win streak, that four-game win streak that they had in the, at the end of the year in November, they didn't turn the ball over. They protected the football. They were able to run the ball a little bit. Gibson got going a little bit. And their quarterback started to execute once they got past the Dwayne Haskins era. So I do expect improvement. But to me, I'm always a little nervous when it comes to Fitzmadrick. He can be really good, and he can be really bad. 
Yeah, I think, uh, you know, he's such a smart guy and a heady player that I think he makes uh, sense for this system. I think Rivera and Del Rio kind of play their game that way. It's very defensive-oriented, a little bit conservative. I think Ryan gets in trouble when he gets a little loosey-goosey and starts slinging it all over the yard and throwing interceptions. I don't think the design is going to be like that for the Washington football team. As far as the DVOA, they were smack dab in the middle of the league at 16th, and their turnover differential was minus four. So I think both of those numbers set this team really well up for improvement because you look, they're the division winner, yet those numbers are somewhat negative. So, I mean, they, perf- they kind of outperformed their numbers, if you will, right? No doubt, no doubt. And then when you add in the add in the missed field goals, right? So when you add in the missed field goals, they're basically another minus four. So they were minus eight in in that because you know when you break that down their field goals, their kicker missed four kicks inside the forty yard line, and their opponents missed none. And then other than every other area, there was a wash. So they're minus four in the kicks, too, in the field goals. So that goes with minus four in the turnovers. So they're minus eight and still made the playoffs. But I think a lot of this is. Their offense was so bad, Brady, they couldn't make a throw down the field. They averaged 9.8 yards per attempt in the passing game. That's just horrible. 6.3 overall, 9 per 8 per catch. You know, and they only threw Alex Smith threw six touchdown passes. Kyle Allen threw four. I mean, they went through every quarterback you could go with. And the fact that Alex Smith retired, Haskins is third string, Kyle Allen's really a backup. You know, they they did this without really getting any quarterbacking play whatsoever. Michael, what do you think of Antonio Gibson? Uh, is he going to really go off in the backfield this year? As far as the over/under for his rushing yard total up at DraftKings, just over a thousand, a thousand and a half, under or over? Well, he had almost 800 with 170 carries last year. You know, and he had a long of 40, 11 touchdowns rushing. I expect him to go over that number. I wish they had another back on the roster. Uh, McKissick is a kid who's just good enough, but you probably need better. You know, and and they got Peyton Barber, who they is a free agent from Tampa Bay. They, Lamar Miller, remember Lamar Miller from the Houston Texans? He's bounced around the league a little while. Can he come back from the knee injury that he suffered in Miami? Uh, he was in Miami, and then he went to Houston and got the injury. So, for me, I, I, I would like them to have another back, but I think Gibson can be that guy. And I think the receiving core has really improved. You know, I think with the additions that they've made, especially with Curtis Samuel's comes in, gives him a little bit of juice. The Philadelphia Eagles, Michael, were not a very good football team in 2020. And I I remember it was later in the season where I kind of just pointed out in my mind that I was going to bet against a bad football team. And it worked for me for about three weeks in a row. And then I jumped off that train when they made the switch to Jalen Hurts at quarterback. They go wide receiver with Devonta Smith in the draft. They go offensive line with Landon Dickerson. And then basically all defense after that. They've got a new coach in the building in Nick Sirianni. What do you think the future holds for the Philadelphia Eagles this season? So the difference between Hurts and Wentz was eye level. Okay, Wentz refused to throw the ball down the field. Wentz was averaging six yards per attempt. Now, as an executive, what does that tell you? What does that tell you? Six, it tells you he's worried about the rush. It tells you he's been hit way too much. You know, he was sacked 50 times uh, in, in his games last year. 50 times. And that doesn't count the numerous times he got pummeled to the ground. So his, he's like a boxer, Brady. 
when they get punched too much in the face, they, they, they react to punches that don't even come. They bench their head. They move around. And I think that happened to Wentz. So when Hertz comes in, he didn't have that. His eye level was up the field. He averaged 7.2 yards per attempt. Now, he got sacked 13 times. The question mark I have about this Eagle team is, with their return of their offensive line, can they stay healthy? Big question, right? Can they stay healthy? That's a huge question. But can they protect this guy? And we have such short memories in sports. You know, Hertz comes in, he runs around, he makes a few plays, he helps them beat New Orleans. You know, it looks like, the, you know, he helps, them, he helps them win a few games. You know, they beat New Orleans, and they could have easily beaten Washington the last game of the year that they chose to retreat on. But for the most part, you know, he did it moving around, and he did it by his ability to make some loose plays, not from a pocket presence. And I think he's got to show that and demonstrate that. And then I think they've got to be able to show that they've improved defensively. They're going to be a zone team. They're going to be the Indianapolis Colts on defense. Are they going to be good enough? Look, I think they're improved in the sense that just by being healthy makes them better. If they get Lance Johnston at right tackle, if they get Dillard at left tackle to come back and Brandon Brooks to be the right guard, you know, then I think their offensive line will protect them. How good Hurts is, I don't know. As I said, we have short memories. In the Sugar, in the national championship game, Hurts gets benched for Tua because he can't throw the ball down the field. He got benched for Tua, who can't throw the ball down the field. Right. <laughs> I want to ask you about uh, what you expect as far as improvement. And if you look at their numbers, it can't get a whole lot worse. They were 28th in the league in DVOA, and their turnover differential was minus 10 for the Philadelphia Eagles in 2020, Michael. Now, their season win total is set at 6.5. Based off of those numbers as far as turnover differential and DVOA, that that has to go up, you would think. I, I mean, my first reaction to the six and a half would be to go to the over. But like you say, I, I think there's a lot of unknown, and, and a lot of it probably relies on health for that offensive line. Well, here's the reality, right? The one thing they did do really well last year, Miles Sanders ran the ball effectively. He had 5.3 yards per carry. Had it a long of 82, had numerous long runs in the season. But they don't really want to run the ball. They carried it 403 times. I mean, the owner has mandated he doesn't want to run the ball. Now, look, I agree with not running the ball conceptually in terms of that. But Miles Sanders, you know, they've got to run the ball to control the pace of the game. They've got to run the ball to protect their quarterback, which was their biggest problem last year was protecting the passer. And they couldn't do that. And I think that, you know, and then they had a hard time getting the ball in the end zone. I mean, they went the last, what, uh, I would say the last 10 weeks of the season, you know, they scored 24 against New Orleans and 26 against Arizona, but they were in the teens in every other game. I mean, they had a hard time generating offensive points. So, uh, and defensively, are they going to be good enough? Are they going to be able to ride Fletcher Cox one more season? Can Brandon uh, Graham still provide them with enough pass rush? I mean, there's so many questions, and are they fast enough? This is a linebacker-based defense, right? Are they going to be fast enough on defense to be able to react to the ball? Last year, I thought they had the worst linebackers in all of football. Michael, uh, we've seen a couple of situations here. Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase connect, former LSU teammates. They're now both Cincinnati Bengals. And here in Philadelphia, we have Jalen Hurts reuniting with Devonta Smith. You, of course, have been in executive offices in the NFL looking at things like that. Um, is there a chemistry there? Is there a relationship that uh, you think can make a big difference rather than just a great receiver and a great quarterback? Is there something more to that when they have a history? 
You know, I thought Hurts watching him at Alabama and then watching him at Oklahoma, I thought he lacked anticipatory ability to make a throw. I thought he was a little bit like Jacoby Brissett, didn't have great anticipation to make the throw. I thought he got a little bit better, but I'm going to I'm going to hold judgment on that Brady because I'm not sold that Hurts is their guy. I'm not sure the Eagles are sold. I think the Eagles got that extra number one pick from Miami because in case they need to go up in the draft next year to get a Sam Howe or some other quarterback, they're prepared to do so. All right, very interesting. We will come back and see if we can make it make sense. That is next up here. I've got a few plays for your Friday. A couple of hockey games, a couple of baseball games. We'll do that next right here on the Lombardi Line. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. regular a staple here on the Lombardi line Brady Cannon and Michael Lombardi with you see if we can make it make some dollars here Michael uh we're going to the ice here with my first play and Wes Reynolds Mm -hmm. talked about this when we had him on and you know you look at all sports situations uh football basketball you get an emotional situation and, and you alluded to it 
when you're taking the underdog, you don't necessarily want to put all your eggs in that basket that they're going to win the game. But Wes is going to bet the Canadians for the first period. I think that makes a lot of sense. They, they have to play with some urgency and they have to get out to a good start. I'm going to take it one step further and take the Lightning to win this series in exactly five games, four to one in favor of the Tampa Bay Lightning, which the price here at BetMGM is plus 225. I think one of these two games in uh, Montreal at the Bell Center, the Canadians are going to get. I, I don't think Tampa's going to sweep them. I think it's a 4-1 victory for Tampa Bay, and, and I like the plus 225 price. Well, I think, you know, look, the last five games have been dominated by the Lightning. I mean, they're 9-1 and one over the last 10 games against Montreal. Uh, I mean, it's been really hard for the Canadians to beat the Lightning, as hot as the Canadians have been going into the series. And we saw a lot of money and a lot of action moving towards the Canadians because of, you know, their ability to play in the playoffs and how they were able to navigate both rounds and, you know, the price, their goalkeeper was so good, and he was the, the hot player and driving their their ability to win. But at some point, you go against someone who's better. And I think that that's what you're saying. I agree. Look, it's hard to sweep a team. And they're going to get their best punch tonight, there's no doubt. And I'm sure the Lightning are expecting it. But once you give your best punch, what do you have left? And everyone looks at those 43 shots on goal in the last game and say, ah, you know, couple breaks here, a couple breaks there. Montreal would have won that game because they had so many good looks. Well, the reason that they didn't is because Tampa's goalkeeper is tremendous. And they were able to, they took their best punch and still came out okay. So I'm with you. I think it's a five-game series. I like your approach. I like the fact that, you know, yes, this game could go to the, to the Canadians, but they're not going to beat them twice. It's kind of like what we were talking about with Derrick Henry. Is he, go, is he going to go three seasons in a row as the rushing leader in the NFL? And the Montreal Canadiens, are they going to go what I think is now four series in a row as pulling off the big surprise as an underdog? Of course, they beat the Toronto Maple Leafs. They beat the Vegas Golden Knights. They beat the Winnipeg Jets. They do, And now this is their fourth series as a heavy underdog. And I think eventually you just can't continue to turn that trick. And, and you know, I think the Lightning are going to get them here and uh, win their second cup in a row. Yeah, I mean, look, I think if you're if you're a Lightning fan, you say, look, we took their best punch. We, you know, we gave them 43 shots on goal. We took their best punch, and they couldn't beat us. You know, they couldn't beat us. And you know, and and the fact that Valashecki is so good. I mean, he's tremendous. I mean, you know, guy's got a 1.0 goal against. You know, it's it's the, the entire preseason. I mean, it's hard to win when you can't score. <laughs> Michael, I, I think the only way I can be wrong in the Lightning uh, winning in five is if it's a sweep. I, I don't think it's going six. I think that's right. I think you're right. But I do think you know, there's there's going to be a moment tonight where and it. It could happen. You know, it could, there could be just a little bit. But I think, really, I think where we make a mistake in sports is we often look the positive. We say, well, they almost, they had 43 shots, they almost beat them. They're going to come back and play. Well, the coach on the other team saying, look, fellas, we got to get better. We won. The best thing for a coach, the best thing for a coach is winning and playing bad. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. now he can yeah. bitch. Now right. he can go in there and bitch. Now he can go look at him and say, fellas, we just didn't do, you know, we were lucky to win this game. We were fortunate. Here's what we have to do and make those adjustments. I remember growing up, you know, sign of a good team is when you can play lousy and win. 
That's right. And, and that's why the Lightning are so good. We'll take your 43 shots, no problem. Our goalkeeper's better than yours. All right, uh, to the Diamonds, I'm going with a couple of plays. We talked about the Philadelphia Phillies and the San Diego Padres. I took the Phillies as a small favorite here at home, minus 125 on the money line. Chris Paddock versus Zach Wheeler, both very good pitchers here. Zach Wheeler with both an ERA and an XFIP under three. Paddock, uh, the ERA's up there at better than four and a half, and the XFIP still at about three and a half. So the numbers favor Wheeler here. I thought the price was short enough to load up on the Phillies today and then I mentioned this when we were talking to Wes a couple of home underdogs and I parlayed them the Pirates and the Indians for a two-team parlay the Pirates are taking on the Milwaukee Brewers the Indians are taking on the Houston Astros and when you put the two of them together in a two-team parlay it pays about five to one so you know, baseball is very random. I'm hoping I catch a couple of random winners there with a couple of dogs, Michael. I like it. I like it. Well, the Astros lost five of the last seven, and even though they won last night. But still, I like it. All right. All right. We'll come back with more. Josh Applebaum next right here on the Lombardi Line. If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VEASAN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all of our shows, including Follow the Money, a numbers game, My Guys in the Desert, and the Lombardi Line with VEASAN Best Bets. Download Beating the Book with Gil Alexander or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers, Long Shots, Gone Racing, and the Ron Flatter Racing Pod. They're all for free and available now at VEASAN.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. And speaking of that, the Markets Insights podcast, its author, Josh Applebaum, joins us now. He is VEASAN's Market Insights sports betting reporter. Josh, good to be with you. Happy Friday. Happy Fourth of July weekend, my friend. And Michael and I were just kind of breaking down the Stanley Cup final and the series where it stands right now. 2 nothing, of course, in favor of the Tampa Bay Lightning, the defending champion looking to make it two in a row. Wes Reynolds, I thought, had a very smart play looking at the Canadians tonight in the first period. Where are you seeing the market, and what is your opinion as we head into game three this evening, Josh? Yeah, so Brady and Michael, great to be with you. Happy Friday here. And guys, big game tonight. Obviously, this is game three, and we did see the Bell Center. They did not raise the capacity in the stand, so it's still going to be around 3,500 overall. Sad, if you're a Canadians fan, you'd love a packed house tonight. Uh, but guys, I'm seeing some movement toward toward Montreal. You know, if uh, if West likes that first period line, I think it kind of coincides with an overall move on the full game odds toward the Canadians. This thing opened. Some books were like minus 135, minus 140 for Tampa Bay. And what I kind of like about Montreal is, guys, we've seen Tampa Bay. They look like a powerhouse. They look like a team on a mission that can't be beat yet. You know, you kind of look and say, wow, I can only get you know, lightning minus 130, minus 140, hammer that. However, all movement has been toward Montreal here, guys. This is a team that uh, has been very resilient, especially going down 0-2, a team that doesn't quit. So I would be leaning uh, Montreal here, guys. A lot of these books open, you know, Canadians plus 125. They're down to around plus 118. So uh, that movement has been toward Montreal at home. Remember, in the Stanley Cup playoffs, home teams in general, they get the last line change. So the Canadians will be able to uh, mix and match, put their best defensive pair in their top line, against the top line of uh, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay also will not be, uh, they won't have Alex Kalorn once again tonight. And also the Canadians get a big boost. Their, their head coach here, Michael, he was out for, uh, for COVID protocols. He's back tonight. So you're back home. 
line movement toward Montreal. I would entertain Montreal tonight. And then also, Michael, I'm going back to all the under, the under five here. You can get around a plus 108 plus money, depending on where you're shopping. But we have seen so far unders in the Stanley Cup finals, 34 and 21, 62% the last decade. Cash the last one, the under five. And then also, these are the two best under teams in the playoffs. Tampa Bay, 11-7-2 to the under. Montreal, 10-5-4 to the under. But, Michael, what do you think? Can the Habs get a win tonight? And do you like that total, the play to the under? Well, I like Brady's. We talked about last uh, last segment, Josh. I like Brady's idea about you know taking the uh, Lightning and winning in five. But I also like the under. I love the under. You know, both goalkeepers, Price and and I, I don't know if I say his name right all the time. Valischek. Uh, <laughs> Is that how I is that Vasilevsky. how you say Vasilevsky. I'll get it right eventually. I apologize, but you know, I mean, both of these guys. I mean, Valashevsky's 1.0 goals against in the in, in the in the series. I mean, you can't score on the guy. They haven't been able to score on him for three rounds. So when you can't score, how do you win? You know, and and they both and they've been able to to skate off the power plays really effectively. So yeah, I do think Montreal gains an advantage playing home, as you said, with the line shifts. But I think eventually in five games, this is the lightning, and I like the under tonight. Josh, uh, Michael talks about uh, the bet I like, and that is the lightning in five. I, I, I think it's very interesting here at BetMGM. JJ was just telling me over the break. I thought the lightning in a sweep was a little bit of a higher price than the lightning in five. It's actually become the favorite at plus 200, and the lightning in, fly, uh, lightning in five is just a little bit higher at plus 225. What are your thoughts on this market here? I, I do believe Montreal is going to get one game. And I don't know. It, it, it's difficult for us as betters and as sports fans to, to look at what we've seen the first two games to convince ourselves that Montreal can get one. But uh, I, I'm betting on that it will not be a sweep, Josh. Brady, I'm right there with you. It is a bit surprising here because, you know, the fact that it's a 4-0 sweep and that's the best odds here for the exact series outcome plus 200, the books are telling you they really respect Tampa Bay. I mean, again, this is a team that uh, seems to play any way you want. They can win a high-scoring game. They can win a one nothing game. They got great goaltending, uh, even missing a guy like Kalorn. Now, it was a tighter game in game two, missing Kalorn. You did get Joel Armia back for the Habs, but uh, it, this is just the uh, next-man-up type team that is so deep. But I agree with you. The fact that uh, you know, I, I think the Canadians were undervaluing them a little bit. I think, you know, the Tampa Bay Lightning, they're the better team, and I think they'll win the Stanley Cup final here. But this Montreal team, you, you always, you know, bank on the fact that you have one of the best goalies, Carey Price. And this is a guy who uh, can maybe give you a shutout, can put the team on his back, can lead this team to a win. So even though the, the sweep is the favorite here, I'm with you, Brady. I think the Canadians at home maybe get one game here. I think Lightning are the better team, but plus 225, 4-1, I'd lean there with you. Josh, what about the Con Smythe trophy market there? And Vasilevsky, if Tampa Bay goes on to win this thing, which uh, we kind of all agree they will, uh, he's the favorite at minus 225. But you look at Kucherov, he had two goals in the first game. Uh, I, I think uh, no matter what happens here, uh, we believe that the Lightning are going to win, so you have to go to a Lightning player in this market. Anybody there that you see some value on uh, besides the goalkeeper? It's hard to argue with Vasilevsky, guys. If he keeps putting up, as Michael mentioned, you know, one goal a game, and he backstops you to uh, to another, you know, championship here. I think for good reason. He's minus two twenty five. Kucherov, to me, is a guy I would look at. Brady again, plus two fifty, decent payout here. And we forget that uh, Kucherov missed the entire regular season. He came back in the playoffs. Remember, he got hurt and missed a game or uh, left the game early. Came back and helped them uh, beat the Islanders there. But plus two fifty, if he continues to put up these points, that's something worth a look. 
Also, Braden Point, you know, his point total, uh, no pun intended here, not as big as we've seen in recent years, but this is a guy that scores a lot of big goals and a lot of big games. So I think Vasilevsky, I agree, is the favorite, minus 225. That's a little bit high. I would lean maybe Kucherov here, plus 250, if he continues to pump out these points and lead them to a championship. I mean, I don't see how, you know, when you think playoffs, you think the Lightning, you think Valicheski. I mean, you got to think he's going to win it. There's just, to me, you know, unless they win the next two games, 7-5 and 6-4, something like that, and he's not played well. But do you really think that's going to happen? I mean, these unders are cashing for a reason, and it's Valicheski's the reason. I mean, and Price, Carey Price has been the reason going into this with, with Montreal. So, I mean, I know there's value up there on other players players, but at the end of the day, you know, it's like trying to bet Mitch Trubisky to win the MVP or just making a donation to St. Jude. Josh, and I don't know, I don't have it in front of me, but does this historically go to the keeper of the winning team? Uh, it usually, especially if a team, you know, puts up or, you know, defends so well and only gives up a few goals. You know, I go back to Tim Thomas, 2011 with the Bruins. That's a goalie who put the team on his back and really backstopped them to a win. I think it's also tough because you have so many great players here with Tampa Bay that sometimes they, they spread out their points, their goals, assists. So uh, I think, you know, if you look at Vasilevsky and again, if he goes, if they win the cup, maybe it's in five games, Brady, maybe it's a sweep. And again, as Michael mentioned, he's got a one ER. You know, I was going to say ERA goals against average here, guys. I think it go it goes to him. I just wish I got a better payout, Michael. But I'm with you. Uh, the bookmakers are telling greedy. you you can't be so greedy. <laughs> you can't be greedy, yeah. Josh. It is what it is. You're wasting your money. Would you rather have a better payout and pick a guy that's never going to win? We'll continue. I want this a winner, guy. Michael. We'll continue <laughs> this, guys. Hold that thought. We'll be right back on the Lombardi line. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s, dance away with hip hop beats, and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.
The NHL and NBA playoffs are here, and our experts are covering every angle to find the betting edges. VEASAN hockey expert Andy McNeil is tracking all the NHL action, and our senior NBA analyst Jonathan Von Tobel has all the hoops in sights. Our experts and the entire VEASAN team give you all the tools to make the most of every bet on the playoffs, including odds and analysis for every game at VEASAN.com and our daily members-only best bet emails. Now's the time to cash in on the playoffs by signing up for your 10-day free trial by going to VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Brady Cannon and Michael Lombardi with you alongside Josh Applebaum as we wrap up the program here. And, uh, Michael, I do want to give you an update. Uh, he no longer has a caddy, and it doesn't look like he's going to get a check this week either. <laughs> Bryson DeChambeau uh, finishes the Rocket Mortgage Classic at one under par for the tournament, currently tied for 91st. Uh, that's called the Trunk Slammer. He's going to throw his clubs in the back of the car, slam his trunk, and uh, head out of town for the weekend. You also have some news uh, about a football team we were discussing earlier in the program we broke down the NFC East today and we started with the Dallas Cowboys and a, and a developing story on the Cowboys I understand yeah Adam Schefter reported on Twitter today that the Cowboys will be the team for hard knocks uh, as you know the NFL always seems to have a hard time getting teams to participate in hard knocks not the Cowboys this will be the third time that Jerry Jones has welcomed hard knocks into his place and we'll get to visit them out in Thousand Oaks as they return back there and we'll get a good peek I think for us as betters Hard Knocks allows us to get a look at really what's going on. I think Hard Knocks is a dangerous, dangerous endeavor for teams because it can expose coaches, really can expose coaches. I thought it exposed Herm Edwards years ago when he welcomed him into Kansas City, when he sat there and he pondered whether he was going to start Damon Hurd or some other quarterback. I mean, seriously, if you're spending any time on that decision, you're wasting your time. And then again, we got to see Hugh Jackson and the brilliance of him in staff meetings and uh, quoting Al Davis and doing all the things that Hugh Jackson does to a high level. So I think it can be a very dangerous endeavor. And I think if you're Mike McCarthy, I think this is your time to show that you know what the hell's going on, what you're doing, and how you're controlling the operation. And it'll give us, as betters, a peek into really what is this team because we have, there's a mythology to the team. The uniforms, America's team promotes that nine and a half. Are they that good? And are they going to be able to be conditioned and, and do the things that, you ha that champions have to do? Because let's be real honest here. Jerry Jones is in the Hall of Fame for his ability to advance the game, not for his vernacular as a general manager. He deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. There's no denying that. However, he's not a general manager, and the culture he's built has proven to be very effective when you consider once he jettisoned Jimmy Johnson and that team kind of fell apart, they failed to get back there. They're slightly over. I think they're slightly over 500 in the last 25 years. Yep, absolutely. And Josh, you're probably aware. Isn't there some trend about season win totals for teams that have been on hard knocks or something like that? It's usually it's <laughs> yeah, usually, usually a fade, right? They're an auto fade, and we go back a few years ago, guys. Remember when uh, the Cleveland Browns, when they had all those big, uh, you know, that huge offseason, they quote-unquote won the offseason. You had Odell. I don't know if that was the year uh, before or maybe it was that year. But, uh, again, you get a lot of attention. You get a lot of media. Uh, sometimes that can be a fade. Uh, Michael, I want to throw this at you. Just came to mind here, as you mentioned, the Cowboys. Comeback Player of the Year award. We have Dak Prescott as a pretty big favorite here, plus 180. Uh, then you have Saquon Barkley, plus 500. McCaffrey, plus 600. Burrow, plus 800. What do you think about Prescott? What do you expect from him? And would you entertain a plus 180 Comeback Player of the Year for Dak? 
Uh, you know, I would certainly entertain that. The one that jumped out to me is McCaffrey because McCaffrey is dynamic. I mean, he's not a little running back. He's an explosive back. What I worry about with Saquon is can he actually get going? Saquon healthy last year. Opening day, couldn't be healthier. 18 carries for six yards against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, you know, is that Saquon or is that just how great Pittsburgh was? Or was that my man Jason Garrett? I think it was Jason Garrett. That's what worries me about Saquon. It, it, the, the big redhead worries me about Sa- uh, Saquon betting him. Whereas I do think Dak, you know, can, can come through as long as those two tackles, Josh, stay healthy. Tyrod Smith has had a hard time with his lower back staying healthy. Laurel Collins is a good player. He missed all of last year, too. So, I mean, for him, the number is good. I like McCaffrey as a better number. Josh, uh, I want to get to the uh, basketball series here. We've got uh, Saturday game six coming up between the Bucks and the Hawks, and we've certainly seen some movement in the market. But uh, just one other thought on that Con Smythe Trophy Award we were talking about. You guys had some thoughts there as we went to break. And, you know, you talk about how deep spread the talent is for the Tampa Bay Lightning. I think you could make a case for the Con Smythe Trophy for Steven Stamkos at 40 to 1 is not a bad play because the, the point is, it could go to a number of different people. This team is so good. But I think that also makes the case that it's so widespread, you got to go with the keeper. And that's why he's the favorite. I think it's a great point, Brady. And Michael, you and I, you know, we've done a few Super Bowls together now. And it's like, you know, Tyreek Hill is 30 to 1, or Kelsey is, you know, 25 to 1. And I think Michael brings, brings up a great point of there's value. And then there's also, you know, let's just think logically where this thing might go. So sometimes as betters, we fall in love with value and getting these great payouts. Uh, and maybe you can, you know, find a way to maybe hedge it or or uh, or play play different numbers and pick a few guys with higher odds. But I'm with Michael here. You know, sometimes when you have, uh, especially in the Super Bowl MVP, you know, both starting quarterbacks are usually the odds on favorite and it usually goes to one of the two so Vasilevsky it's a minus number but I think it's a minus number for a reason I I think you gotta I I think we have to transition the better from value and common sense right I think there's got to be common sense right you could have great value with MVP Mitch winning the winning the MVP in the in the league Mitchell Trubisky but he's never going to win it I mean, it's great value, but what good is good? You know, Berman always talks about it all the time. He's like, I can't stand when people talk about, well, that's great value. It's only great value if it comes true. Well, and if, if the chance and, – and, and sometimes you're playing the lottery. Sometimes you're playing the lottery. But when you could get – like you mentioned yesterday, when you can get Phoenix at 30-1 to 1 or 25-1 to 1 as we've seen it unfold, that to me makes sense. That's value. That's not being donating money to St. Jude's. Well, I, Josh, I'm sure you know, and Michael, to Berman's point, it's an overused term, and I don't think everybody always understands. It's not just always a guy that's 500 to 1 to win. That doesn't define value. Floyd right. Mayweather at minus 700 was value because he probably should be minus 2,500, right? So, that's right. I mean, you can have big favorites that you consider are a discount. So, anyway, let, let's uh, see if we can find some value in the NBA market. <laughs> Uh, Josh, and we've seen line movement. I, I looked at this this morning. First of all, it opened as Pickham, and then we saw the Atlanta Hawks move to a one-point favorite. They're now a two-point favorite for Saturday, tomorrow night in Atlanta, coming up game six, trailing this series 3-2 to the Bucks. And Michael, I, Michael and I both kind of agreed that uh, we could definitely see the Hawks bouncing back here, and uh, this is thing. this thing is headed for seven games back in Milwaukee. 
I'm right there with you, Brady. And by the way, great job by you guys. You talked about the fallen hero theory yesterday. And not only did were you spot on with that, you beat the closing line too. Because remember, we saw that thing get down to three with Trey Young being announced out. That thing got all the way up to minus four and a half, minus five. And Michael, we're going to have to call this the Lombardi special here. These buy low totals that fall. That thing was like 217 all the way down to 213. You've done that a couple times here, Michael, buying low on that total that dips take the over, which came through. So guys, I'm seeing the same thing at you as you are, you know, up three to two here, going back to Atlanta, Milwaukee's now a minus 450 favorite to win the series, 82% implied probability, Atlanta plus 350. And really all early movement has been toward the Hawks. As you mentioned, Brady, this open out of pick them. It's now up to minus two. It looks like juice wise, it may even go to two and a half. Uh, we have seen favorites off a blowout loss, which cashed yesterday with the Bucks. If you lose by 10 or more, you're favored the next game. You've covered 57% of the time the last decade. Also, these short favorites, five or less, 32 and 19, 63% this playoffs. Uh, so maybe this, you know, portends that maybe Young will play here. Uh, that could be, uh, you know, one of the motivating factors with this early line move. Remember, he, he sat the last two games. Uh, and then also just the zigzag home road, guys. We've seen this before. Home team coming back, more comfortable. Your role players uh, feel better in their situations and their spots. So early on, movement toward Atlanta. And Michael, I'll ask you the total here. We've seen without Giannis some high, a higher scoring game last time. This has ticked up. 215 up to 216. Do you like the over in this one? I do. I like the over a lot. I think if Trey Young plays, it'll even go over. I'm surprised, you know, that the way the line is and the way it's moving, I, I think it's going to go over. I think because we're, we're dealing with, say, Trey Young plays and he's not 100% and Giannis doesn't play. We're, we're really looking at an NBA regular season game where average players become even better. You know, Bobby, you know, Forbes, you know, goes and has a great game. And, you know, even though they didn't get great play out of Connaughton, you know, if, if Trey Young doesn't play, Brooks Lopez is going to be hard to defend. They don't have an answer for Brooks Lopez, believe it or not. I mean, that's that's a fact. The answer is they go small and they make Trey Young and pick and roll, and Lopez gets caught in the, get caught in, out of position. So I do. I like I like this over to keep trending that way because how many layups did we see the other night from both teams? I mean, you know, it's one thing if you're having a bad shooting night, but when you're shooting layups, it's like I, I, if I were running an NBA team, I would never count a rebound off a missed free throw unless it was contested because, like, guys get rebounds off missed free throws. That shouldn't go to the rebounding count. That should go to a miscellaneous stat. When you contest for a rebound, that's when it really matters. We did a good job in the player prop market uh, on Thursday, Josh. Of course, I was talking Drew Holiday over uh, two and a half three pointers. He got there with three. You mentioned Bobby Portis. He had a huge night. Uh, what do you see the market doing with the speculation about Giannis? Michael made a point that he didn't look like he was, you know, too hobbled there on the sidelines. He looked pretty healthy. What, what do you expect? Did he look like maybe he's a possibility to play in Game Six to you? Uh, I don't know, guys. We're going to have to see. I mean, if you saw an initial movement of a pick now to Bucks minus two, to me, that's maybe an inside source of saying, hey, Giannis isn't that hurt. He'll be okay. He'll bounce back. I think the fact that this is going early to Atlanta, maybe that's not only kind of this home court, this you know favorite off a blowout, all these system matches I have, but I think also just thinking common sense, maybe that means Young will play and Giannis won't. We'll have to see how this develops over the next 24 hours. Josh, before we get out of here, Michael and I both want to wish you best of luck in the hot dog eating contest this weekend. <laughs> Chestnut. I didn't know you were a contestant in there, but that's fantastic. We'll be watching. For I you. love it. I love it. Who Get you got, ready Joe? This we weekend, is there steam? Is there steam on Joey Chestnut? That's what I want to know. It's steam <laughs> the from goat. the dogs is what it is. <laughs> there yeah. you go. We'll cover it. We'll be here. We, yes, we will. The Lombardi line all weekend long. Next up, the nuts. 
with Amal Shah and Mike Palm right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.